0: Hello, everyone. This is Food Talk executive producer Rob Perra. Danny will be conducting interviews here every day, talking with experts on food and agriculture and discussing topics like the impact of COVID-19 on the food system, unsung food heroes, how climate change continues to be a threat to agriculture, and other pressing social and environmental challenges that impact farmers, eaters, and the economy. On today's episode, Danny talks with Mark Ritchie, president of Global Minnesota, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that connects individuals, organizations, and communities to the world. They discuss Richie's bid to host the 2027 World Expo in Minnesota with a proposed theme of wellness and well being for all healthy people, healthy planet. Please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and also share this episode on your social media channels. Enjoy the show.
1: Today, I get to really interview somebody who's been a great mentor to me and to Food Tank and to my colleague and co founder Bernard Pollock for many years. And, and that's Mark Ritchie. He is the president of Global Minnesota. He's kind of got this crazy long bio, but I have to go through it because he's just an amazing individual. So, Global Minnesota is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that connects individuals, organizations, and communities to the world. He is currently leading efforts for the 2027 Expo, which will focus, uh, he hopes and I hope too, on on health and wellness that's more needed now than ever before. Uh, Prior to this, he served as Minnesota's Secretary of State from 2007 to 2015. he has won the, the Twin Cities International Citizen Award. He was named a 21st century game changer in, vo- in voting rights by the NAACP. In 2011, he won the Dwight David Eisenhower Excellence in Public Service Award from Sister Cities International. And he also founded the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy, which is one of my favorite organizations out there. And when I first saw him speak when I was in graduate school a long time ago now, he became an instant hero and somebody like I knew I had to know and had to learn from. So, Mark, I'm so glad you could be on the show uh, during this really crazy time in in the United States and around the world. Um, I just want to make sure you're staying well. And and I know, you know, you know a lot of people who have come down with um, COVID-19, but I I hope you're staying well and, and taking good care of yourself.
2: Yes, Danny, and it's been really inspiring to have Food Tank out there letting people know how they can be helpful, who they can support, but also just giving people the inspiration they need to make sure we get through this period strong.
1: Thanks, Mark, I appreciate that. We're we're trying, but it's because of people like you we're able to do this work. Um, I, I wanna start off with, um, you know, asking you to go back to your roots in, in sort of food and agriculture and trade policy, and, and maybe give us some suggestions about how we can help farmers, and and farm and food workers during this time?
2: Well, I think the underlying message that we're getting is the one that says we're all connected in this world. Often we are looking at food and agriculture from two very important and very related, but hyper-local and Mm hyper-global. I live for my morning cup of coffee, and that has to come from Ethiopia or someplace. And I put in it the strongest cream or whole milk or whatever I can get. And that comes from right around the corner, right outside of my city. So these two things link us in a kind of unusual way. But I think also food, of course, puts us into the mode of family. We call it about comfort food. So taking the opportunity right now to do what we can to support local farmers, local restaurants, local food suppliers of any kind. There are options, of course, in the pickup, delivery, and all of that. But there's also the part about inspiring people's hearts by sending little messages. Lots of your viewers are probably in some kind of food bank or food club or some kind of CSA, or they have some farmer, some farm worker, some store or restaurant or broker, they have somebody's name and email or cell phone, and they can send an encouraging message. But I want to go back to the basic thing, which is it's really been shown in this pandemic that keeping ourselves as healthy as possible is one element of being able to handle pandemics that are not really understood at first, and they take us such a long time to understand. So clearly, keeping ourselves healthy. Now, I'm bad when it comes to getting enough sleep. And let me tell you, the minute I understood this pandemic was coming, I've started trying to address that bad habit of mine very directly. But food, how we handle our body, our exercise, all of those things are things that can make us stronger, and we can take that strength and make sure that we're inspiring others and then helping. Now, I also know that there are very specific local websites and hotlines. There are things happening like rounding up a uh, mask and other protective mm-hmm. gear that's in somebody's basement or storage closet. There's also being aware of and paying attention to our neighbors, our family, our friends, and making sure that they are just as militant about maintaining physical uh, distance. I hate that term. They talk about social distance. No, no, we don't want social distance. We want physical distance. Absolutely. Reminding our friends and family, the worlds that we interact and we influence to be militant about hand washing, about physical distance, all of those things. I do think that in this moment, The opportunity to really talk gently about interconnectedness, to talk passionately Mm -hmm. about how we are all in this together. And I'm a Minnesotan, and we are really famous for quoting our Paul Wellstone, former Senator Uh, Paul Wellstone, in that we we all do better when we all do better. But I want to alter that just slightly by saying, until we're all okay we're not really all okay because I uh, now have a brother in Bangkok uh, in the hospital Uh, um, with a positive uh, reading. Bangkok, Thailand is very advanced. They're doing a very, very good job. I know personally about the ways that this makes your heart pound very deeply, very hard. And in that moment, trying to be gentle with ourselves and with each other becomes even more important
1: absolutely that's such good advice and sending really good thoughts to your brother and and all of your your family and friends i i think you know this idea of being interconnected and breaking down the silos that have really existed in the food system and really you know across our economic system is really important and being kind and gentle not just with other people but with ourselves during this time it's really good advice and and you know good food and healthy food is the foundation of our health system, or it should be. We, we don't talk about it as much as we should, but food is the first medicine. So I really love all the advice that you're you're, you're giving our viewers today. You know, I, I know you've been working to bring the World Expo to Minnesota for, for a few years now, and, and you want to focus on health and wellness. And, you know, those, those things are more important than ever. What made you come to that idea that you wanted to focus on health and wellness for, for World Expo 2027?
2: Well, I live in Minnesota and we kind of joke that, um, you know, we have to find a way to convince people to lure them to come visit. But once they come to Minnesota, they they don't want to leave.
1: And so we're
2: always thinking of ways to invite people over. And so what's better than a World's Fair as a way to really invite the world to come visit Minnesota? We like to... Share by showing what we're doing. We're not very good at bragging, but we love to show people our back 40 or our new tiling or our garden or look at our sweet corn. So, we at the Secretary of State's office, and you mentioned I was Secretary of State for about a decade, we love the part of that job of bragging about Minnesota. (laughs) And so, the idea of bringing a World's Fair where we could learn from others around the planet and we could share. And we could build relationships that just seemed like a good thing to do. But once you say out loud you want to host a world's fair, then somebody says, Oh, what's the theme? And right. of course, we began a, a debate and a process. You know, we had a big booth at the Minnesota State Fair. You know, there's a couple million people now that go to our state fair, and we had people yeah. vote and we had all of this stuff. But in the end, the thing that we decided most clearly touched everyone on the planet that was also very special and important to Minnesotans was health and wellness. And we also knew that Minnesota has a special opportunity because we have both the world's best hospital like Mayo, one of the world's leading health research hospitals and companies. We have also a high priority to healthy eating, to exercise, to mental health and addiction treatment. We have a kind of balance of integrated medicine, high tech medicine. We all think about wellness in its broadest definition. So that meant Minnesota was ideal in terms of having a broad open mind. But we also knew that the entire planet had agreed on these 17 different sustainable development goals some of you know about that, about the, all the leaders of the planet agreeing that by 2030, we would reach these goals. And the one, number three, SDG number three, Sustainable Development Goal number three, was good health and well-being for all at all ages. And we said, that's the theme, that's the motto, that's the tagline. And when we went out to the world to ask for their support, because in the end, The governments of about 170 other countries have to say yes. We found that that theme, health and wellness, just resonated because people see it as universal. It's your personal concern. It's your concern about your mom and your dad, your daughter. It's also a global issue for budgets and all of this. None of us really understood and imagined how this pandemic, would underline and highlight and put eight exclamation points about how universal good health and wellness is important to everyone. But when we said out loud, this was our theme, we immediately connected with people from around the planet. And so we began the process of putting together a proposal and then a bid. We're now in the middle of that whole process and the thing that we found is that by putting health and wellness out as a theme, you first get everyone's own ideas. Our, our friends from China said, oh, we have 5,000 years of health and medicine and knowledge. Sure. And uh, uh, our friends from Turkey who had proposed earlier a World's Fair on health and medicine said, oh, we have all these files from our ancient cities from thousands of years ago, and we want to yeah. be... So having that theme was a good way we thought of being able to talk about our region but it turns out it was a very important way to connect with the rest of the planet and now with this pandemic we're in a new phase where we have to also talk about that basically we have to combine and collective and cooperate and collaborate at a global yeah. level and can this act this physical act of an expo handle the challenges of the modern world of the pandemic can it be a connection point for solutions the fundamental ones like good health and good eating and good sleeping and all of that and the high scientific ones about how do we search rapidly all the uh inventions of the past hundred years and see what might Be useful, helpful, and then how can we track and then share a lesson learned in a small rural village in China with a small rural town in America or Italy or the Ukraine? So, having that choice originate by how we were seeing ourselves and then having it resonate so globally long before this particular pandemic came along has said to us that it's more important than ever to make sure that we have our, um, all of our pieces together. Uh, you know, This will come to a vote at a global body in a few years, yeah. and we are working ahead. It's important, too, because as you mentioned, Global Minnesota, which I'm leading now, is 70 years old, but it's always had the same mission, connecting Minnesotans to the world and the world to Minnesota but it's also had the very specific work of advancing international understanding and engagement. And so at this very moment, you can see how the pandemic can be seen by some as a way to sow discord, to point fingers, to scapegoat. Mm -hmm. But you also see the humanity and the way that it can also just remind us we're interconnected, remind us that Something like a pandemic doesn't care if you're the, you know, uh, Prince of Wales. doesn't care if you're a, a, a famous person or a rich person. It is an unusual moment, and Global Minnesota is the critical organization here in our region that is out talking about how this crisis is one that helps us understand better why it's important to deepen our international understanding and especially to deepen our engagement with each other and with the world
1: absolutely i think that interconnectedness is is really the the theme and and uh of, of the world right now that we're all connected because of this and and there's a real opportunity there to To you know, take collective action and 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 not have discord. Have more people coming together, you know, sort of figuratively to figure this out. I really liked what you said about combining the you know the high and the low tech, combining traditional knowledge with some of the advances in medicine and food that have been made, and and really recognizing that you know these these traditional ways of, of practicing good health deserve recognition and and support. You know, you've been involved in advocacy and policy making for, for so long now. How would, you, you know, what, what advice do you have for the average person right now who, you know, can't get out and, and really mobilize people, you know, to attend events or, or rallies? What what advice do you have for folks about how, in in their own homes and in their own communities, they can, they, you know, support the issues of, you know, good health, good food uh, that need to, that are really, I think, needed to fight this pandemic right now?
2: Well, what I've noticed, and that's on the internet because I'm physically distancing (laughs) from other people, is that at a very local level, people are putting up information Sometimes it's a hotline number. Sometimes it's a very complete website, but with lots of local options. Some of those options are things that we would think of normally, like sure. finding ways to support your favorite and your local businesses that you rely on. And so uh, at least with food businesses, it's about being able to continue your relationship. Some people, for example, are buying ahead of a local uh, advertising company that often used a restaurant that was next door uh, just said we're going to pay you for the next six months of what we would normally spend. So that's one yeah. thing; it's it's supporting people. A second thing is looking for opportunities that are unusual that then can contribute. I just saw an article this morning about people who are they use the term armchair archivist, but it means that historical societies have found ways to connect through the internet with people in their homes who can help assemble things like birth records, death records, reading, particularly people with language skills. So there are also going to be volunteer opportunities that are really at home and things that you can do. Because there's two parts of this. One is people want to help. It's a human impulse to want to help. But also people need to help And need to feel like they're doing something so their own heart and their own soul are feeling energized. So looking for the things that seem very important, but also being open to like, oh, that's a way that I can make a difference in this one. Many people are posting on their neighborhood um, listservs, their neighborhood sort of telegraph that handles different things. And if somebody says, I need this, or I have that, and you have a way, being safe and keeping physical distance to help that person or to connect that person, that one little small thing, which may just be bringing over uh, uh, some uh, somebody uh, has a box of face masks, and they can't deliver it to the local nurses' union office where things are being dropped off, but maybe you can do that for your neighbor. So both paying attention to what people are saying are are needs and responding when you can, and then paying attention to the things that you can control within your own life. I know that many people have found it unusually uh, satisfying to participate in their church or spiritual communities, right. online services, people are finding that uh, these Zoom meetings with family members or hooking up their conversations with friends that they've been not so careful about right. keeping up with. Right. And if there's a birthday calendar in your life, if there's a birthday call or set up a FaceTime uh, time Or just the little tiny things that continue the connection. Because I think the motto should be physical distancing, yes. Social distancing, no, no, no. Right. And so we need to find the things that keep us. Now, if the experts are in the ballpark, all of us are going to have broken hearts. And many of us are going to have incredible, dangerous challenges. And so being also the kind of loving and healing and comforting uh, animals that we are meant to be as much as we can. That means taking care of ourselves so we're there for others. But it also means doing all the things that we can be as safe as we can I know there are voices uh, out in the world saying oh no big deal or oh uh, the cure is worse than the disease or oh this is gonna be I mean there is uh, conscious um, disinformation there are uh, people and organizations putting out false information uh, saying this is a, a you know a plot or this was dreamed sure. up in a laboratory Conspiracy so I theory, think yeah. I think we have to be realistic about the world as it is taking care of ourselves our friends our family our neighbors our community we have to be reaching out as we can on a more global basis but we also have to have a kind of courage a courage to speak up when there's a attempt to uh really intentionally uh, sort of Blame another country or blame a race of people or to in some way yeah. scapegoat. Um, there's a Peter, Paul, and Mary song about how things are in the green wood as opposed to how they are in the dry wood. How, <laughs> how do we treat each other when things are going well? And then how do we treat each other when things are really hard? Right. These are a human challenge, they're an opportunity to deepen. Our relationship to grow but it's not just something that will fall from the sky we have to help each other be our best and better angels we have to help each other take care of take care of ourselves but also to keep in mind that interconnectedness because really will not we will not all be safe until we are really all safe
1: right right couldn't agree more Before um, uh, I ask you the final question, can you tell us where to get more information about Global Minnesota and you and and the work that you do?
2: Yes, you can go to our website at just globalminnesota.org or just type in Global Minnesota. Um, Very uh, often we do online, so this is new, of course, but we're doing online um, webinars and great. Zoom meetings. The very next one, in fact, is on the sustainable development goals with the leader of the United Nations for the high-level political forum, which is sort of the mechanism for managing. Uh, and so you can go on, you can look at those programs, you can click on, sign up. Uh, these are free. But also you can dive into the archives, you can send me a note. Um, there's lots of ways to uh, be part. And, of course, um, if you'd like to join and be a member and get all the weekly newsletters and all of that stuff, please do that as well. We are uh, part of a national movement of organizations in every state that welcome visitors from around the planet, that put on public programs to deepen international relations and to be really more effective citizen diplomats. And if you want to ask me uh, who's near new york or who's the group in philly you can do that as well and i can help connect you as locally as possible
1: what a great service so again it's globalminnesota.org. so mark we've talked about you know your years of of commitment to public service and your years and and being part of government and policy making in maybe 30 seconds what is the one thing that you think policymakers should do right now that they're not doing? We've talked about the disinformation that's out there. We've talked about, you know, how, how some of them have not stepped up to the plate. What, you know, for both local and and, and, and federal government, what, what's your piece of advice? What do you want them to do that they're not doing?
2: Well, so this is really, really tactical and really short term. It's reading everything you can on what the Congress and your local state and county and city governments have done, what they voted, what's in law, what's going to be available, and think quickly, how can this be used to help our community, to help our local businesses, to help our farmers, and then help make that happen? That's not a long-term vision. That's not a big... Um, mega idea on how to make this world better on the other side. It's right now, trillions literally are being spent. Can we make sure that our family farmers, our communities stay whole? We're going to need to be active in making those ideas and programs that good-hearted people have now agreed and are part of the law. We need to make them work for us for the short term. We'll have some time, but not much, to think on the other side, but for right now, we need to act immediately and keep each other healthy so we can be strong in helping to guide our ship as we go forward.
1: Uh, Mark Ritchie, you're a voice of reason during chaotic times. I'm so glad I got the chance to talk to you today. A reminder that this uh, episode will also be on Food Tank's YouTube channel and on our podcast, Food Talk with Danny Nierenberg. Uh Mark, my uh, thoughts are with your brother and, and everyone else out there who's who's going through some tough times. Thank you again for all that you do, and please stay well, sir.
2: Danny, thank you and your whole team at Food Tank. Keep inspiring us each and every day.
1: Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye now.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Food Talk with Danny Nierenberg. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. Make sure to return to foodtank.com every day for original reporting and analysis on the most pressing issues impacting our food system.